0: Aloha, gangi. Thanks for joining me at our bonfire here on the beach for the Ghost Lore of Hawaii Paranormal Paradise podcast. I'm your host, as always, Uncle Jared. Tonight's story has been passed around the islands for decades. One version of this tale was made popular by author Glenn Grant on his TV special, Chicken Skin. Tales of Supernatural Hawaii, which was released locally more than 20 years ago. With a little twist from yours truly. If this is your first time tuning in, we'd like to jump right into the stories. So kick back with some green bottles or your drink of choice. Spark up some paranormal pākālolo if you like. Grab some poke for a munchies, cozy up to the fire, and let's get into this. Trigger Warning This episode. Mentions brief depictions of self harm and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. The plane's engine roared behind Rick as he walked towards the airport terminal to baggage claim. It was a little after 9 a.m., but the morning was already hot. Rick and his friends had spent the previous night on Oahu before catching the red-eye to Moloka'i for their annual five-day Axis deer hunt. These invasive species of deer were brought into Hawaii from India and given as a gift to King Kamehameha V back in 1867. Just seven deer were released into the wild and provided sustenance and a source of protein for natives. Over the following few years, the population exploded, negatively impacting the ecosystem of Hawaii forever. Left unmanaged, axis deer increase in population by more than 30 percent annually they devour almost all plant life including vegetation not normally found in the species diet the sheer number of deer have created a shortage of food sources for other native animals on the islands thus to aid in population control there are no hunting restrictions for the deer on the island of Moloka'i. As Rick and his three friends waited at the baggage claim for their hunting gear, he checked his voicemails. Hi, Han. Hope you and the boys had a good night and got there okay. Just wanted to let you know that Keone did it again. Rick's wife, Julia, was referring to their four-year-old son, Keone. Over the past few months, Keone had begun to sleepwalk. On random nights, he would get up out of bed and casually walk out of his bedroom, all while in a deep slumber. The parents discovered this one night as they watched TV in the living room. They observed Kioni open his bedroom door, which was always left slightly ajar, then slowly shuffle out into the living room. Kioni, hey, Kioni, what you doing? The boy ignored the calls of his father and just continued to walk. He slowly strolled head slightly rocking side to side with each step. The lids of his eyes hung low, barely open. The amused parents watched as their son walked in front of the TV, paused, then turned to face them. Rick and Julia watched as he stood there, head now slightly slumped forward, obviously sleeping. Weirdo, Julia chuckled before getting up off the couch to scoop her son up in her arms. She carried him back to his bed and tucked him in again. Kioni, continuing his slumber the entire time. This odd spell. Continued, night after night, always ending with the boy standing in front of the TV in the living room, facing his parents. While still waiting for his baggage, Rick picked up the unease in his wife's voice from the message she left, so decided to call and check in. Julia immediately answered his call, Hey babe. Hey Jules, you okay? And went into the explanation of the previous night's sleepwalking, one that was a bit different from Keone's previous episodes. Julia woke when she heard their son's bedroom door swing open and knock against the wall of their hallway. She got out of bed, just in time to see Kioni walk into the living room, as usual. However, this time, Kioni had one hand raised in the air as he walked. The young boy strolled, casually as always, shuffling towards the TV. But instead of stopping to face the couch... He continued walking, hand still raised. The child shuffled again, his head rocked sideways back and forth from the swaying of his steps. He continued his stroll around the room, circling the couch until he reached back to the TV. He then continued that circular path around the room over and over again. After the fourth lap, Julia began feeling a bit weirded out and rushed over to carry the boy back to his room. What the heck was he doing? Rick asked. I don't know, but it kind of freaked me out. Maybe it's just because we stay by ourselves in the new house. Rick, a contractor by trade, had finally finished building their dream home on a plot of land his family had owned for decades. The family happily moved in about six months prior and loved the house. However, Not too long after the move, Keone's sleepwalking episodes began. He had never had any issues sleepwalking prior to the move, but the parents assumed it was just due to the new environment. The family held a small housewarming party about a week after moving in, and like most housewarmings, Had a kahuna over to bless the home. Family members talked story and enjoyed a potluck meal of the usual staples chicken long rice, kalua pig, squid luau, poi, halpia, poke, and sashimi. Typical comfort food served at these types of parties. While everyone was eating, and enjoying each other's company, the kupuna elder discreetly pulled Rick and Julia aside. He informed the couple he sensed a weird presence or energy surrounding the property. The feeling seemed to disperse a bit after the blessing, but he still wanted the family to know. A sinking feeling hit Rick in his gut, and he began feeling warm as his face flushed with blood. Julia asked the kupuna if it was something to be concerned about, but was reassured everything should be okay. The elder said if they ever needed anything, the family could always call, and he'd do whatever he could to help. They got back to the party, but for the rest of the night, Rick couldn't shake that dreadful feeling. Rick, are you still there? Julia asked, interrupting the memory. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's fine. Just one phase, Rick assured her. Eh, our baggage just came. I gotta go. I'll call you later, whenever we get service. Tell Keone I say hi. Bye. Okay, love you. For the rest of the day, Rick and the boys drove out to where they'd set up base camp for the trip, unpacked the gear, and prepped for the following day's hunt. The men relaxed, enjoying the time away from work and obligations, drinking and joking until the evening They turned in early, planning on waking before sunrise to start the hunt. For some reason, that same feeling of dread from the housewarming lingered in the back of Rick's mind. Slightly before 4am the next morning, Rick's phone began to ring. Uh, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, huh? Rick opened his eyes. He sat up and groggily searched for the ringing phone. A little hungover and a lot of confused, still half asleep. The phone's screen illuminated, aiding the search. Rick grabbed the phone and looked at the screen. It was Julia. Concerned by the early morning call, the fog of sleep quickly vanished, turning to worry. Hello? Babe? Is everything okay? Kiyoni okay? Julia's voice was a bit shaky as she reassured him everything was okay. Yeah, we're fine. Rick let out a sigh of relief and plopped back down into the laying position. She told him Kioni had another sleepwalking episode, but like the previous morning, it was eerily different. Enough so, it caused great unease in the young mother. She described the events that had happened just several minutes prior. It had started as a normal night. Keone was asleep in his room, and Julia in a deep slumber herself. All of a sudden, a loud banging at the front door startled her awake. Terrified by the unexpected noise from the other room, Julia immediately thought someone was trying to break into the home motherly instinct kicked in as she rushed to Keone's room. Her young child was gone. Julia bolted out of Keone's room, expecting the worst. Was someone trying to take her son? She grabbed a decorative vase as a weapon and sprinted into the living room. She flipped the light switch on, afraid of who or what she might find. Squinting from the brightness that flooded the room, relief rushed through the mother as she saw Keone standing alone at the front door of the home. Oh, thank God. That relief, however, was short-lived and was immediately replaced with unease like previous nights Kioni stood one hand raised above his head unlike previous nights however this time the child was repeatedly smashing himself into the closed front door she watched as Kioni took a step backwards, then forward, walking forcefully into the door. Over and over again. The front of his head and body repeatedly hitting the door, all while keeping his hand and arm raised the entire time. Kioni! Kioni, stop! The startled mother shouted while rushing to scoop the still-sleeping child in her arms. As soon as she made contact, Keone instantly began screaming and writhing in his mother's arms. Julia assumed it was from being startled awake. She carried the crying child to their bed where he almost instantly fell back asleep. She wiped tears from his cheeks and examined his face and body for any injuries. But the child was fine. The odd experience had terrified Julia, enough to make the the middle-of-the-night call to Rick. It's okay, Jules. I'm sure it's just one phase. You know, like when he kept on saying F- after he heard your father say that after he stepped on dog doo Or when he kept on making shishi in the closet. Just make sure the deadbolt stay locked so he no can get outside. Julia was annoyed at how quickly Rick dismissed the event, but understood he couldn't do anything from another island the two said their goodbyes and after hanging up Rick checked the time on his phone it was a little before 4am he rubbed his eyes and sat upright again to start boiling water for coffee the plan for the group was to wake up at 4:30 anyway so got a little head start he all but forgot about the phone call by the time the rest of the guys woke up the men spent the arid molokai day posted up on the open mountainside scouting for deer Trees were sparse, and even though the deer blended into the dry, rocky landscape, their overpopulated numbers made spotting them easy. However, the group decided not to take any shots, as it was the first full day of hunting, and they didn't want to rush into harvesting a deer, still having four more days of the trip. After another evening of drinking and obake ghost stories around the fire, the fellas called it an early night, planning to repeat the same schedule again the next day. That night was cooler than usual, with a near constant breeze blowing in from the ocean several miles down the mountain rick's phone startled him awake again but this morning it was from the alarm he had set the previous night he lay for a second staring at the stars through the mesh of his tent before slowly rising to begin the ritual of making coffee. Rick slipped on a sweatshirt as he waited for the water to boil. He grabbed his phone to check the forecast for the day, but before he could pull up the weather app, noticed he had several text messages, all from his wife. Didn't want to bug you, but... It happened again, last night. Kioni was slamming into the front door again, over and over. I'm getting more worried. The banging was more violent this time. His head had a small mark, but nothing serious. His hand was up in the air again. So weird. I'm worried he'll be able to figure out the deadbolt and end up outside. Just wanted to let you know. Text me back if you can. No worry. I'll figure out a locking system that he no can open when I get back, Rick typed. Just keep locking the door, and if you like, you can push the end table in front, just in case. Just as he was about to add the coffee grounds... He got a text back. Hey, hon. I'm still awake. Couldn't fall back asleep. Julia's message read. I think I'm going to call the kupuna to check out the home again. Maybe he can do another blessing or something. Rick immediately called Julia. Hello? Babe? No, no, do nothing until I get back. For real. Just wait a couple more days... I don't like that guy coming over and poking around. I get work stuff all around the house and no like him mess him up, he said rather assertively. Julia reluctantly agreed and wished him luck on the day's hunt. Later that evening, after a long day of hiking out and back to scope out another hunting location, Rick received a call from Julia as the other guys prepped dinner. Hello? Hey babe. She told him she couldn't wait for him to get home. Being alone in the house with Keone had begun weirding her out. The house no longer felt bright and homey, but was now somehow darker. She found she dreaded entering the home, but couldn't understand why then, she went on to explain an odd incident that happened earlier in the day that shook her to the core. Julia had just finished washing the dishes and headed to their bedroom to gather the hamper to start a load of laundry. As she walked past Keone's room, she overheard him mumbling quietly to himself as he played with his action figures. She stopped at his bedroom door, trying to make out what the child was saying. Hey, baby, what's, uh, Mihikia? Julia asked, entering the room. Keone ignored his mother as if not realizing she was standing there, all while continuing the repetitive phrase. Over and over, Kioni repeated that same weird phrase to himself as he violently collided his two action figures together. He then threw one toy to the ground as he smashed the other on top of it over and over while making shooting noises she gently touched his shoulder kioni turned his head and stared straight into her eyes oh hi mommy Don't be mad, Rick, but I had the kahuna come over. I couldn't help it. I was starting to freak out. The sleepwalking, the banging against the door. Plus, I wanted to find out if he knew what the phrase meant. Well, what did he say, the kahuna? He didn't know what Keone was saying, or the phrase wasn't Hawaiian, Julia said. She told him the kahuna had immediately sensed a change in whatever he had picked up on the night of the home blessing. This time, the dark feeling had intensified. There was definitely a presence, a restlessness, something hostile that had unfinished business on the property. The kahuna did another blessing and suggested searching the property for any Heiau's temples or ancient ruins. Rick told Julia that couldn't be. The property had been in Rick's family for decades. His grandfather cleared the land by hand, passing it down generation to generation, until finally being handed down to Rick it was always his father's dream to have a family home on the property, so when Rick inherited the land in his early 20s, he made plans to begin construction. However, this was around the time the economy crashed. That year was a rough time for Rick and his construction company. Along with the recession, it was the same year he accused his business partner of running off to South America, disappearing with a significant chunk of money from their company. Still, Rick stubbornly moved forward with the home build, pouring slabs of concrete for the foundation of the house himself, before finally running out of funds. It would take years for the business to recover from the financial setback, but slowly rick was able to dig out of the hole and the business bounced back he was finally able to restart construction for the dream home building on the concrete slabs that stood alone on the property for years completing the home earlier that year the kahuna just walked around the property but do you think we can search under the house too? Julia asked, worried for her son and the home she had grown to love. No, don't do that. I told you I get plenty work stuffs so all organized a certain way around the house. Plus, there's no way to get underneath to check anyway. I mean it. Don't mess around, Julia. And what, you think I wouldn't recognize bones? The law says anyone's supposed to report remains found during construction. You think I'm dumb or what? I run one successful business. You just one stay-at-home mom. Rick felt his face getting hot with anger. But you won't let me work. Julia quietly trailed off. What you wouldn't say? When you started talking back. Hey, Rick, calm down. Come on, get off the phone. One of Rick's hunting buddies interrupted. The group heard Rick's temper building and attempted to defuse the situation. He definitely had a hot streak. I gotta go. No, do anything, Julia. I mean it. Okay. Love you. she no can listen, Rick said to his friends, hanging up on his wife before grabbing a beer. The next morning, Rick's alarm woke him up again. He saw numerous text messages from his wife, but chose to ignore them. Ugh, nope. He was tired of dealing with this drama. The hunting trip only happened once a year, and this was the last full day of hunting. If they were to shoot a deer or two, today would be the day. The group posted up in their usual spot and waited, keeping an eye out for the perfect buck. Conditions were ideal. Clear skies, not too hot, and plenty of opportunity to harvest some venison. At around 3 p.m., rick glassed a massive buck the largest he had seen on this trip he lined up his scope and made a perfect shot stoning the deer in its place not sure if i used any of those terms correctly as rick and his friends approached they saw the shot had pierced the animal's heart killing it instantly Based off of its size, Rick knew it would be a personal best. They field-dressed the animal, all while celebrating the massive kill. They quartered the carcass, saving some of the loin and liver to cook over the fire for dinner that night. No more cup of noodle, we eating good, Rick laughed. The friends divided the weight between the four of them, making it easier to carry back to base camp. When they arrived after the long hike, the sun was just beginning to set. The meat was packed into large coolers, and one of Rick's friends took the truck into town to buy ice to preserve the kill. After washing the blood off of himself, And taking several celebratory shots of Jameson, Rick pulled out his phone to inform Julia about the kill. As he searched for the phone, he remembered the conversation from the night before and felt guilt of how he had spoken to his wife. As he unlocked the phone, Rick saw he had several missed calls and remembered the messages he ignored earlier that morning. Julia answered, Rick, oh my god, finally! I've been trying to reach you all day. The excitement in her voice was apparent, but he couldn't tell if it was good or bad excitement. Hey, uh, sorry for not getting back to you this morning. Service was bad for some reason. Rick lied. Is everything okay? Something happened again last night? Julia, speaking a mile a minute, explained the previous night. Kioni had gotten up in his sleep and again began violently slamming into the door. This time, however, the child was also repeating that odd phrase from the other day. Over. And he over kill me, kill me, he kill me, he kill me, he kill me. me. Rick I think Kioni was saying he killed me A chill travelled through Rick. He killed me terrified and not being able to get in touch with Rick, Julia called the kupuna i didn't know what else to do but don't worry you'll be happy i did he arrived before the sun was up and walked the property in search of the negative energy the kahu followed his senses to a stack of old rubber tires hiding the entrance of a crawl space that led under the house I know you said you had everything organized a certain way, so we just pushed the tires over slightly to get into the crawl space. The Kahu climbed into the crawl space and was immediately pulled to a specific section under the home. He shined a flashlight around the concrete that was part of the foundation. The Hawaiian man dug out several rocks until he reached some sort of tarp or material partially buried under the concrete slab. After just a few minutes, he stopped, realizing what he had been tugging at. The cloth contained the bones of a human leg partially buried and covered by the concrete. You must have just missed it when you poured the concrete all those years ago, Julia exclaimed. Rick fell back into his folding chair in shock and disbelief. Rick, Rick, here's the crazy thing, Julia said, excitement still in her voice. Guess where the bones were located? She paused, waiting for a response, but continued after not receiving one. They were directly below Keone's bed, under his room. After the Ivi bones were discovered, the kupuna told Julia he suspected the restless spirit of these remains was the reason for Keone's sudden sleepwalking spells. Each night, the spirit had been taking the child by the hand, leading Keone out of the room and walking him to the door. Who knows what would have happened if he got the door open, Julia cried out. Rick! It gets even more crazy. She told Rick, the Kupuna called the State Historic Preservation Division to have someone check out the bones. Several people came by, but it was immediately apparent the bones were not ancient. They called the police after discovering the cloth the bones were contained in were an old pair of denim jeans. The cops stay investigating right now. They already dug up most of the remains under the concrete, but no worry, it didn't affect the foundation of the house, and they didn't move any of your work stuff. They're treating it like it's a crime scene, just in case. Someone must have just dumped the body before you started building the house. Isn't this nuts? Julia shouted. Oh, Rick, I gotta go. One of the police officers has some questions, but I'll talk to you in a bit. Julia hung up the phone. Rick sat frozen, phone still up to his ear, mouth open in shock. Yo, Rick, what's the matter? You look like you seen seeing ghost. One of his friends laughed, taking a swig out of the Jameson bottle. Ah. Rick turned and looked at his friend, mouth still agape, as he placed the phone down. Rick stood up and slowly walked to his tent. His friends watched, bemused, and curious at their friend's odd behavior. Hey, what are you doing? Rick knelt at the tent's entrance and searched for his backpack. Once finding it, he slowly stood back up, unzipped a compartment, and pulled out a pistol. Hey, what you do- what you doing? Stop playing. Before his friends realized what his intentions were... Hey. Hey, Rick, Rick, calm down. Rick cocked the hammer of the gun, stuck it in his mouth, and fired. Good evening. This just in. We have an update for our audience regarding the remains found under the home of Rick and Julia that were discovered several weeks ago. If you recall, Rick, a successful business owner in the construction industry, died by a self-inflicted gunshot wound while on a hunting trip the same day the body was found. Friends and family were shocked and confused by the suicide as Rick was a well-respected member of the community with no previous mental health issues. However, autopsy results from the body found under his home confirm it is that of his business partner who had gone missing almost 15 years ago. It was long speculated that had run off to start a new life in South America after money from the business was reported missing, but many close to the victim claim it was out of character. After completing the autopsy of the remains found under Rick's home, the coroner's report conclude the cause of death as homicide from the multiple gunshot wounds to the head and upper torso. Investigators matched bullets taken from the remains to the gun. Rick had used on himself, knowing the truth was about to come out. This brought closure to the nearly 15-year-old cold case regarding Rick's business partner and put to rest the suspicions the man had willingly run off. Forensic accountants would later uncover multiple withdrawals for large amounts by Rick from the shared company account providing further evidence that Rick had been the one stealing from their construction business the entire time. When his partner discovered the multiple withdrawals and confronted Rick, threatening legal action, Rick panicked and killed the man, hiding the body under the concrete slabs. Julia was also cleared of any wrongdoing, having no prior knowledge of the homicide. Even with all the chaos and controversy surrounding the property, Julia and her young child decided to stay in the home they fell in love with. For a while. Kioni's sleepwalking spells had stopped the night the body was found. However, several months after the ordeal, an incident caused her to reconsider and finally move out. One afternoon, she walked past Kioni's room and overheard him. Again, talking to someone who wasn't there. This time, however, as she eavesdropped on the boy's conversation, it frightened her to the core. Please don't cry, Daddy. I'll tell Mommy you said you're sorry, and we'll stay together forever. Spooky, yeah? Mahalo again for tuning in. In my opinion, there's not a lot that tops the idea of little kids or animals interacting with things that are not there. I mentioned a story of Sosa, the ghost lore of Hawaii mascot, randomly growling at a rocking chair when he was a puppy. Check out my Instagram, ghostlore.of.hawaii for some pretty trippy pictures I took one night of a transparent, hazy shadow following him around. Plus, he's a cute golden retriever. If you're enjoying Ghost Lore of Hawaii, please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Reviews really help get the show in front of new listeners, which is huge for an independently produced podcast like this one. If you have a story or topic you want to hear on the podcast... You can email me at ghostlore.of.hawaii at gmail.com. A lot of you have been messaging me your stories through social media, which I really appreciate, but it's super tough to keep track of everything through DMs. So if there's something spooky you want to share, email is the best way to ensure it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. I can't guarantee it'll be on the pod, but I'll always try to include parts of it into the stories. No worries if you're not a writer. Technically, neither am I. Although my intent is to keep all historical information discussed on the podcast as accurate as possible, I cannot always guarantee it will be. If you find something particularly interesting in an episode, please look into it on your own. There's always so much information I can't always include in just one episode. Some names and locations may also be altered for privacy's sake. Many of you have also sent in stories of overhearing kids playing with themselves. Bad phrasing. That's getting cut. If you find something particularly... Particular... Partic... Particularly... 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 If you find something particularly... If you find something particularly interesting...